2: Thanks for listening to Kim Commando today. While we enjoy this holiday time with our friends and family, here's a replay from September 2023.
1: All right, i always like to start each hour with something interesting, and you can't make this up. Your phone can save you in just a number of ways. But what if you were in a battle between you and a jaguar? Yeah, I know. A 40-year-old farm worker in Brazil was attacked by a jaguar, and his phone saved his life. Here's what happened. The big cat chomped down on his phone, and the lithium-ion battery exploded in its face. The cat got spooked and ran away. I mean, but just imagine for just a second. What if that phone wasn't in his pocket? I mean, what if this didn't happen? I mean, it would have been a real catastrophe. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. We're on a roll. And on that happy note, welcome, ladies and gents, because... After all, I'm Kim Commando, and you just tapped into the biggest show, the most trusted show, because I am your beloved digital goddess here with you once again. And you're about to get more tech smart because every single thing is now a tech thing. And for those tuning in for the first time, a warm welcome. And are delighted to have you joining us. And to our regulars, it's great to have you back. And you can find my show across 420 fantastic radio stations in the United States. And if you want to listen on your own time, no problem, just Pop open your favorite radio app, and you can search Commando to find me. And if you're more into podcasts or webcasts, head over to commando.com, find that Commando Community button... And experience me 100% commercial-free. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we're just a click away. And a special shout-out goes to our listeners on the American Forces Network radio, serving more than 375,000 American servicemen and women in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, and the Space Force in 175 different countries. And our T-Mobile unlimited listener line is now open at 1-888-825-5254 is the way to join us. And in case you want to, you can always drop me your questions over through the website. There's a big old button at commando.com that says email Kim. All right, it's my labor of love. I check out 35 different websites, maybe more every single day to bring you up to date with the top five things that you need to know about tech. And we're going to start with, oh, do you remember Blockbuster and Plan? Yeah, that was before Netflix and chill. Remember, we had to go like wander down the aisles and then look at the VHS covers and then, you know, be kind, and rewind. What about today, where you can stream just about any single show that you want on your couch? But believe it or not, there's a revival happening. People are digging through their attics and dusting off their VHS collections. Why? They want to watch them to remember the good old days. Now, if you have any old VHS tapes, wow, they may be worth a lot of money, according to recent eBay sales tracked by ScreenRant. A VHS copy of Back to the Future 2 recently sold for... $1,000, okay. A Goonies VHS tape recently went for over $4,000, yes. Okay. A Nightmare on Elm Street fetched $5,000, yes, I'm talking about VHS tapes, I know, it's kind of crazy. We have a list of the top-selling VHS tapes over at commando.com, in case you have any in your collection and you're like, hmm, maybe they're worth some money. Uh, Number two on our list of five things is Elon is shaking in his space boots. The Tesla Model 3 has a range of 333 miles on a single charge, a sticker price about $40,000. Well, Tesla has a contender for Mercedes-Benz. It's called the CLA-Class Concept. It charges up to 248 miles in 15 minutes. Its overall range, 446 miles. The real game changer, you're going to get a mercedes for around $50,000 instead of a crappy Tesla for $40,000. I mean, it's about time that somebody actually came to the plate with a real competitor to a Tesla. Oh, by the way, BMW, uh, I just read that they're going to stop charging a monthly fee for heated seats. You know, subscription-based cars is what we're talking about. It's not a joke. They were actually going to charge you a monthly fee for heated seats. Yeah, BMW, you know what that stands for? Break my wallet. Uh, number three, Google took a small step for mankind finally. For years, we've been putting up with these sneaky, deceptive ads that just pass through content moderation systems over at Google. Okay, But they're finally going to change this. They have a new policy that limits how many ads appear from a specific brand without a history of good behavior. And advertisers now have to go through an identity verification step Let's just give the billion-dollar-trillionaire company, let's just give them a round of applause. So if an advertiser is a newcomer with no track record of behaving nicely, they're going to find themselves on a short lease. Uh, Google says those unfamiliar ads limited reach until they can prove that their intentions are good. Okay. The big question is, what took so long, Google? What? Oh, it was the money, honey. That's what it was. Uh, Number four on our list of five things is one person is usually missing from those precious vacation pictures. Yep, it's moms. Moms are usually the ones taking all the pictures. That's what the research says. So if sick and tired of not being featured, moms are now hiring vacation photographers to follow them around and get great pics of the family to post online. Uh, Hannah McClune, for instance, she had a chat with the Daily Mail, and Hannah shared her experience saying that she was often the one behind the camera, missing out on being part of those captured memories. She realized it was time to step in in front of the lens and be part of those family moments. So what did she do? She hired a professional photographer for a half-day shoot during her family vacation. She paid $881 for this session. Now, this is interesting, Okay. So if you are a photographer and you live where there's a vacation destination, you might want to think about this as a gig. You can be a vacation photographer. Just follow people around, ziplining and driving and beaching, whatever it may be. It's a pretty good gig. She paid $881 for just a half a day. A fun fact, almost half of all millennials in a survey recently mentioned that how well a destination would photograph for Instagram was a top consideration when picking their next vacation spot. Whew. A little shallow, I think. Little just a little tiny bit. All right, finally we're gonna for number five go to Tampa, Florida. Rick's on the river. It's the go to chill spot there. Raw oysters, classic bar bites, live tunes every single day, but there's a hitch. It's a hot spot for dine and dashers, and they're slick. They parked near the exit. They grabbed seats closest to the door. The owner, Ken Brinken, he said, I am tired of this crap. So he went all out. He set up 16 cameras to catch the Dine and Dashers in the act and then splashed their faces all over social media. And one of the most recent vids, an employee in a full-blown parking lot showdown with a lady who allegedly bailed on her beer tab. She's there up close and personal in the video arguing that the wind knocked over her beer. Okay, <laughs> She didn't drink it. It's over on their Facebook page, clocked in over, I don't know, 10,000, 12,000 views. Uh, Ken says he's getting his cash back with his haulish of shame, and he swears it's working. Uh, he said the Dashers most of the time come back paying up after a, getting a dose of being on his Facebook page. You know, I started Think about this. Dine and Dash, right? That's for restaurants. Is not paying for a haircut a cut and run? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. That was a big groaner. All right, let's talk about your car. What it is is just basically a big computer on wheels. Now, what do we have with computers and phones and tablets? Ah, yes, people, companies listening in and collecting all types of data. But what is your car really collecting? Now, there's a new report from the Mozilla Foundation, and it's a lot of data. Of the 25 car brands that they studied, all of them collected personal data. You know, it's hard to think about this, that your car is actually collecting dirt on you. The Mozilla Foundation, of course, you know it's a non-profit and analyzes safety, privacy of a whole slew of products. And they said it's the worst product it ever reviewed for privacy is our cars. Oh my gosh. So joining us right now is uh, Jen Kaltrider. She's the program director of Mozilla's Privacy Not Included program. And we're going to talk about this report. So... What was the original premise, Jen?
0: Well, the original premise was actually interesting because a reader from Sweden emailed me out of the blue last year and said, have you considered looking at cars? They're really bad at privacy. And up until then, I hadn't really thought much about it. I drive an old 2002 truck and I was like, huh. And he shared a lot of research and I was like, oh, wow, let's look into this. So we got it on the schedule for 2023 and we started looking into it and it was like, holy cow, <laughs> uh, this is bad. And and it's shockingly bad to the point where I was like, how come nobody's talking about this? Like, this is really bad and it needs to be talked about and, and why is nobody talking about it? So that was kind of how it all got started. So our cars are collecting data. What type of data? You name it, it can collect it. Cars are very interesting because... There's uh, the car itself, which we'll consider a device. It has sensors that can track where you're going, how fast you're going, how much you weigh. How many people are with you? It's got microphones. It's got cameras that face in and look at you. It's got cameras that face out and look at the public. And then there's the connected services that the cars use, whether that's the radio service you're listening to or the navigation system or the emergency service that if you crash um, on and on and on, those are all services that are also collecting data. And then there's the apps. Cars come with apps now. They didn't used to come with apps. They come with apps now. Those apps do great things, let you start your car remotely or honk your horn, but they also collect data. And so, taken amongst just all of that, on top of your car dealer collecting data, and on and on, there's so much data. Um, but it's not just that they're collecting so much data; it's how, like, brutally honest I think they were in their privacy policies about what they were collecting. And what are they doing with all that data, right? They're going to use it to make money because that's what data is these days. It's money for for companies. So they want to get as much of it as they can. And cars can collect a lot of of data. And and so they share it. They use it internally. Car conglomerates are huge. And so they share it amongst their family of businesses to target you with advertising. They share it out with third-party advertisers or sell it to third-party advertisers for them to target you with ads to make more money They collect data from data brokers to build a profile on you that that gives people even more insight into who you are and say they can make things about you like inferences about your intelligence or your abilities. I'm like, I don't want a car company to make an inference about my (laughs) intelligence. That's creepy. Um, But then one of the maybe the creepiest things they say they can share it with is law enforcement and government with a very low Um. bar we saw companies say they could share personal information that they collect on you from their cars and apps with something as simple as an informal request from government. And that's when we start to get into the, holy cow, this seems really dangerous. Have you found
1: certain brands to collect more data than other brands? Or is this pretty much universal? If you have a connected car,
0: this is just an expectation. I think that if you have a connected car, it is an expectation that they're collecting a lot of information. What we did find was some car companies just outright, outright came out in their privacy policies and admitted to collecting a lot more information. Like I said, when Kia says they can collect information about your sex life, that raises an eyebrow. Um, you know. But other companies are a little more vague. They say they can collect sensitive personal information, like for example, And then maybe they don't go into as much detail as Kia or Nissan did, but they're probably still collecting a lot of that data. And they're all collecting tons of what we call telematics. You know, the the you know, you used to your car insurance company used to say, "Hey, we'll send you a dongle if you plug it in and you drive safe, we'll give you a discount." And that was you know a little creepy, but you could opt into that. Now, all that that tracking um, is already built into the car. So you're not able to opt out of it. And that's what's scary. Can you see the data?
1: I mean, can you have access to it? Or is it something that... You know in order to drive the car like with an app you just have to click agree and you know just kind of take it as it rolls
0: yeah it's a good question i mean you, you seeing the data is is tricky and and depending on where you live you have you know people in california have more rights to have their delete data deleted than i do in in vermont say i tried to have my car company delete my data and when they ask what state i lived in there's like oh sorry we don't have to delete your data um, but then there's the, yeah, the choice and the consent gets very interesting with cars. Um, and then there's, like you mentioned, the, you know, Tesla has an interesting line in their privacy policy where they're like, hey, we know people buy our cars because they're connected. But if you want to opt out for of data sharing for privacy reasons, you can go ahead. And then you keep reading and they say, but if you do, your car might become inoperable or become dangerous. <laughs> and you're oh like, God. oh, that's not much of
1: a choice. No. You know what, so if, yeah, here's the deal with the Tesla, Jen, is that if you opt out, they actually actually turn on full self driving mode. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> so with this report when folks take a look at it, can they type in their make and model and then see what the collection is over on the Mozilla website?
0: Yeah, well, they can go there. There's a category page. If you go to privacynotincluded.org, you'll see a category for cars. And then you can go in there and click on your car. And we've got a whole full review um, with more information than you might even care to read about laying all out what they're collecting, how they're using it, how they're sharing it, how they're protecting it. And some tip. we have some tips there to help you protect yourselves. But the biggest tip I can give consumers or today is we've got to put the pressure on the regulators and the policymakers to step up and do better because there really aren't good choices for consumers right now.
1: Or you just stick with that 2002 car and I'm going to drive around my 1946 Chevy pickup. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, that's great. If you know how to fix it. Yeah, that's that's the old problem. You know what? I'll tell you the 1946 pickup truck. Okay, you can't go over 40 miles per hour. That's just the way that it is. I mean, you know, but (laughs) there's no data being collected. So there it is. Uh, Jen, thank you so much for sharing uh, this report with us. And, folks, once again, in case you want to check it out, it's at privacynotincluded.org. If you'd like to see a list of all the cars and what we think about the privacy concerns, uh, we have that all posted over at commando.com with a K of course.
2: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands.
1: All right, we're going to dive into the universe of this very busy Reddit community called Am I the A-Hole? Now, this is a place where people will share their stories and their circumstances, and they're wondering if maybe they did the wrong thing. So I'm going to go ahead and read a popular post from the Reddit forum, Am I the A-Hole? And then it's up to you to decide. You get to be the judge. Are they or are they not to blame? Now, of course, we always have a special guest contestant joining us, vying for the ultimate prize. You know what that is? It's the much-coveted Kim Commando Show Fanny Pack, valued at $25.99. And joining us this week, Brian in Morganville, West Virginia. So glad to have you here with us, Brian.
2: Hello, Kim. How are you?
1: Good. So what do you do there?
2: Uh, I do a lot of things, but my main thing is that I'm a realtor.
1: Oh, okay. This is right up your alley then. And I'm going to go ahead and read the story. (laughs) And then at the end, it's up to you to say, is the person who wrote the note the a-hole or is he not? Are you ready? Okay. All right. Here's the title. AITA for selling the house without my wife's approval. My wife is 36. I'm 39. We've been married for 10 years. The house was purchased while we were engaged. Now, the title of the house has always been My Name and in My Name Only. The house is located in her hometown, which is really small with no job opportunities. Now, I've been out of work for 11 months. My wife has a job. She's pregnant with our second child, and we have an eight year old. Things have been kind of rough lately, he writes. I've looked for a job in every way possible, even in nearby towns, keeping in mind that I might be driving four hours a day every day. So I decided to sell and move to another town just so I can find a job. Well, the wife threw a total fit after I suggested this and she says, I'm not going to move out away from my family. I told her, hey, that's not my problem. I have to get a job because we're going to be taking care of a newborn and babies are expensive. As an individual, I also have a right to a stable income of my own despite my wife's work. We couldn't reach an agreement. I found myself sitting down explaining myself to her mom and dad and They kept saying I had no right. Well, yesterday, my wife blew up when I told her that I've already contacted the realtor and the realtor has found a buyer. My wife yelled at me. She called me selfish and awful. Let me tell you, losing my job made me feel absolutely devastated and miserable. I was told to do other things temporarily, but I refused because it was so humiliating and disrespectful. I didn't work hard to get my degree just to end up working in some shop or just sitting at home. So am I the a-hole for selling my house without my wife's permission, even though she isn't listed as the owner? What do you think, Brian?
2: Well, I think both of them are at fault. She's operating solely on emotion. He's operating on logic, but they got to communicate. I realize it may be hard to come to an agreement, but maybe they need a marriage counselor before they move on. But he shouldn't try to sell it without her, though.
1: So the answer is yes. He did the wrong thing. <laughs> let's okay. Let's fair uh, let's let's see what the judges say. <laughs> yeah, the collective internet has agreed, Brian, with you and me, that he shouldn't be selling the house without his wife's permission, especially when he's got an eight-year-old and a newborn, and maybe he needs to suck it up, Buttercup, and just get a job. <laughs> right? Okay. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You you know what? We've all been there. What was the crappiest job you've ever had, Brian?
2: Oh, I don't know. But there there were a few at one point. I hit a low point in my career about 20 years ago, and um, I just did what I had to do to take care of my family.
1: Yeah. I think we've all been there. I Mm -hmm. mean, mine was... I was a, I was a hostess at a bar. That was the worst. Talk about getting hit on. I was like, oh my. I can Just, imagine. It was really awful. So what's going on with you and how can I lend a hand and congrats on the big win of the Kim Commando Show fanny pack?
2: Well, thank you, Kim. I've been listening to you since the late 90s. I was driving in western North Carolina late one night and I picked you up on an AM station from a, from a long distance. It was actually WSB from Atlanta. And I've nice. been listening to you ever since. So it's been at least 25 years at this point. You
1: know. mm-hmm. Thank but, you. Uh, that's, that's a but, big st- that's a big stick there in Atlanta. It does. It goes far It is,
2: ahead. yeah. Mm-hmm. But the reason I, I contacted you is uh, in 2024, I will be the president of my local board of realtors, the Morgantown Board of Realtors in West Virginia. And this is both a benefit and a bit of a task. That is, I have to write a column for our Sunday paper. So Mm -hmm. for 52 weeks, I write a 500-word column. I'm a pretty decent writer. I I have some pretty good content, but I am concerned at coming up with enough content for 52 weeks when I've got to keep it either about real estate or closely related to real estate. I've been very hesitant getting involved with AI out of privacy concerns, but -hmm. it was suggested to me that I utilize AI to help maybe fill in some of those weeks with some content, and then I could go in, edit, and, you know, change it to my own style. So I guess my question to you is, do you recommend any particular AI service? I've heard that some don't write well. Um, I'm just not sure where to begin on, you know, with this chat, GPT. I know there's a bunch of others. Uh, Do you have any suggestions on that?
1: Well, I write a ton, I do. Mm-hmm. I write a lot. I mean, I write for uh, the Daily Mail, USA Today, the New York Post, Fox News, and then, of course, we have our daily newsletters that one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and uh, it's just there's there's a lot of content. And so, you know, I always thought selfishly, I wonder if I could get Chat GPT to actually write like me. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you how you can do it, and then I'm going to tell you the downside. Okay. OK, so so I would use chat GPT and I would pay the twenty dollars a month. So this way you can use chat GPT for, and it also gives you some extra extra inquiries and prompts and you can save your results and you can also do something what I'm talking about. You can create a writing style. And so what you do is you have to give it, say, I uh, have to have like 10 examples of things that you have written. So it could Mm -hmm. be a multitude. Maybe it's a social media post, if that's what you're going to do. If you're just going to do columns and give it 10 columns of stuff that you've written. You start out and you say the word, put the word READY in all capital letters. And then you tell it what you're going to do. Say READY in all caps and then say, I'm going Mm -hmm. to post examples of my writing every time I say READY. And when I'm done, I'm going to give you the word FINISHED in all capital letters. Or if you have enough samples to create a writing style, use the word FINISHED in all capital letters. The reason why I like it is to put this in capital letters because it stands out. Okay? And you can see clearly what's going on. So, okay. so you feed it these different examples. And when it says FINISHED, you say save this as Brian's writing style. So the okay. next time you want to write something, you can say, uh, you could tell ChatGPT, the mortgage interest rates are over 7%. It's probably not a good time for you to buy. Mm-hmm. And here are three reasons why it's not a good time to buy. And you might want to wait unless you are unless you absolutely have to sell or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're going to tell ChatGPT, put this in Brian's writing style. So – you do this, and it comes back, and it's probably 50 or 60% your writing style, mm-hmm. and then you have to eat, actually fine-tune it. So when it comes back, uh, maybe you don't want to use the word a depressed real estate market. Then you say, don't say depressed real estate market. I want to keep this upbeat. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so it becomes kind of your assistant, and each time it makes a change, you say, save this as Brian's writing style. Okay. Now, I've been doing this for a long time, okay, and one of the things that AI doesn't have is a personality or a voice. The worst Uh thing you can do is put something out that's incredibly boring because people won't read it. So you have to have some fun with it and tell stories. And so, you know, maybe your first, maybe the column is about your first open house that you ever did. and. Uh, or maybe it's about how you were having an open house and some dog came in and and messed up the carpet. So uh, what I want you to do is have, have where people can identify with you as a writer, as a person. Mm-hmm. If it's just boring and this is what AI is going to spit out, but it's going to give you a structure – and then it will mm-hmm. tell you what the writing style is. And so when it comes with my writing style, it says, it's informative, it's entertaining, it's this, it's this and this. But it's still nothing that I can actually just say, Oh, thank you, ChatGPT. I don't have to touch this ever again for the rest of my life. Okay. No, it's just, it's just not that. Now, here's the what? other thing. Here's another hidden secret about ChatGPT is that it may sound kind of strange, but you will get better results if you say please and thank you. Okay. I know you're talking <laughs> to a chat bot, okay, uh, but I think the programmers have written in uh, certain algorithms that if you do say please and thank you, that you'll get better results. Interesting. So, so again, you're going to start by saying the word READY in all caps, and then you're going to mm-hmm. put in all your – paste all your examples in and then when you're done you say finished and you tell it when or, and you tell it when you're done you say finished and then it may come back like with me it comes back and it says finished i don't even need to say it anymore cuz i may say mm-hmm. put this add this article to the commando writing style and mm-hmm. but it's not going to replace the good old human brain not yet i think we're probably years away from that hey bob do me a favor and let me know how it works out for you uh, and again, congrats on the big win. Yes, an official Kim Commando fanny pack is going out to Brian in Morganville, West Virginia. All right, so you want to save some money. You want to get some free stuff. Well, there are some ways to do this online. You can join the Buy Nothing Project no matter where you live. It's the official organization that is spread all around the world. Now, to get started, you download the app on the iOS or Android and join with a Gmail account. Then you can look at posts and private message, upload photos and videos, whatever you want to do. Now, if you don't want to download the app, you can head to Facebook, Nextdoor, or any other social media platform. Sometimes they're on Reddit, Discord, or Slack. But you'll have the most luck on Facebook or Nextdoor with this Buy Nothing group. Then you want to follow the steps. Uh, You're going to head to the search box, type Buy Nothing along with your town or city, and maybe, maybe just kind of scroll the listings. But you're going to find three different type of posts. Gifting posts, that's when someone has items that they just want to give away. Maybe it's furniture, books, kitchen gadgets. There's asking posts, that's when somebody needs something. Maybe it's baby clothes. Then there's gratitude posts. These are photos that are posted by people who have received the gifts, and it's actually kind of a a really wonderful wonderful way. So it's really something kind of cool for you guys and gals to check out in case you're looking for something free or if you have something to give away. You can learn more about this by heading over to commando.com, of course, and when you get there, hit the button that says Show Fix. All right, Mike in Irvine, California. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping you can help me with something simple here. I'm a
2: disabled uh, United States Marine stuck in a wheelchair, and I have to roll around the house carrying my cell phone and a cordless phone in my pocket everywhere I go to be able to take a call. And, you know, it's gotten to the point where my pants pockets are full. And I was kind of <laughs> hoping you would have a solution where I could get the two to work with each other. That way, I don't have to buy pants with bigger pockets.
1: <laughs> okay, so there are a couple of ways that that you can do this, Mike. Number one is that you can get a handset that pairs with your cell phone, uh, and so, or is this because you is are you carrying two because you have a landline and a cell phone? Yes, ma'am. I will Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, so here's what we can do: is that that you can forward the landline number to your cell phone. And so you only have to carry one device. Okay. Uh and then there are also these cordless phone systems. So you get a handset, you get a uh, Bluetooth to sell, you have an answering machine, you have call blocking and all these other stuff. Is is that something that sounds more interesting to you? Oh man, that sounds like catch me out right there. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, sir. As a, a thank you for your service, I'm going to send this to. You. I'm going to send this to you for free. Okay, uh, it's made by Motorola, and it's about I don't know sixty five dollars, but I think it's going to be exactly what you need. And if for some reason this doesn't work out for you, Mike, which I'm sure that it will, um, just you know get in touch with me again, and we'll send that one back. But I think this is really the solution that you're going to want. I mean, it has. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of features. And you're only going to have to carry one thing in your pocket. No more two phones, just one phone. Again, it's the Motorola Voice uh, D8711 is that model number. And it's about, mm, like I said, it's about uh, $65. So hang on the line, Mike. We're going to get your name and address, and we're going to send that out to you. Compliments of me as a just a special thank you, little, little special thank you for your service to our country. Your text messages are probably full of memes and photos and conversations and responses, and I bet you that there are some really important ones that should be just devastated if you lost them. So here's how to back them up, and let's start with Android. You want to use the app SMS Backup and Restore. I know there are just a ton of these in the Google Play Store, but the one that you want is SMS Backup and Restore. It creates a backup on your phone to the cloud, Google Drive, Dropbox, OneDrive. And then you can create backups whenever you want, or just create automatic recurring backups. Now, if you're using an iPhone, head into your iCloud settings and then toggle messages on, and then it will back it up to your cloud account. Or if you need more flexibility, say if you're in a legal situation. Use the app called iExplorer. It's going to save your phone's messages to your PC or Mac as a PDF file. Now, if you need the names of the apps, again, just head over to commando.com and use the phrase backup text messages, and then it'll just pop right up for you. And be sure to tell three friends about the Kim Commando show and also our podcast, because everyone needs more knowledge and knowledge is power.